全ての中に使用としてことではないような完了プロセスで芸能です。なんかなんかスピーキングカーンスイングカーンコール。You This month, we are focusing our attention on one of our favorite writers, Brian K. Vaughn. Wired describes Vaughn's comics work as quirky, acclaimed stories that don't pander and still pound pulses. His creator-owned comics work is also characterized by finite, meticulous, years-long story arcs, on which Vaughn comments, that's storytelling, with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Eric Malinowski also of Wired, has called Vaughn the greatest comic book visionary of the last five years, comparing him to Frank Miller, Alan Moore, Paul Pope, and Steve Niles, and praised his addition to the TV series Lost as redeeming that series' third season. In 2015, Vaughn was entered into the Comic Book Hall of Fame by the Eisner Awards. This month we are reading Ex Machina, The Pride of Baghdad. Paper Girls, and why, The Last Man. Oh, I hope I got that. The, uh, <laughs> did, I, did I open it too late? Sorry, or too soon? We'll see what happens. Maybe we got that beer. Uh, hey, welcome to episode, I don't remember and I don't care anymore, of uh, the Funny Books and Firewater <laughs> podcast. Uh, we are doing this week uh, The Pride of Baghdad, which is a continuation on our uh, celebration of our one of our favorite authors, uh, Brian K. Vaughn. This is the second book we're doing this month. And we have not only a full accoutrement of our, uh, our panel, but we also have a very special guest who I will save for the end. Uh, so starting out, uh, Q, do you want to re- re- reveal your new news since this won't be out for another yes, couple weeks? Hi. hi, everybody. So um, I was taking a theater break and kind of on a whim. I mean, I was kind of planning on it, but I was like, nah, maybe, maybe not. I auditioned for The Tempest at uh, at Port Tobacco Players, and I will be playing Stefano, who is a drunk. And I can reveal this now because this won't air for three weeks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm sure that I'll be getting text messages and stuff because always what happens after a show and when phone calls start happening is that maybe an hour after you get a, a phone call, you start texting everybody else who's at audition to see if they've gotten a phone call. It's like so, a subtle, like, did you hear anything? I don't know. Did you uh, hear anything? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Did you hear anything? <laughs> but, but I, already, I already know at least one person who was cast, uh, Ben, uh, my friend who I continually talk about on here, because mm-hmm. um, Rachel, the director, was like, so is Ben with you? Because Ben and I are usually hanging out together. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, no. Yeah. She said, because it would save me a phone call. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly what it was. She was like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'll talk to you later and see you next Saturday. Okay, bye, girl. Anyway. So Fantastic. Yep, and uh, Q is playing a drunk, uh, so he's going to have to be doing a lot of research to prepare for that role. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and again, for those of you who may have seen the Helen Mirren version with uh, Julie Taymor directing, uh, the role was played by Alfred Molina. It was he and Russell Brand who are kind of the um, comedic people in that movie. So, fun. Hooray! Uh, next up is our big gay lion himself. We have Adam. <laughs> <laughs> That's from a really, really old... I think it was the third episode of South Park. So you go back and catch a big gay Al's big gay boat ride. You'll know where oh, that Oh, that's from. right. I do love that episode. And here we have a gaggle of gay gooses. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so as we're recording this, because we're, again, three weeks back in time, I almost done with my Sundance uh, 
experience. I've got about two more days to go catch stuff, but I'm unfortunately back at work, so I can't be out there spending most of the day seeing movies. But the good thing is, uh, most everything I saw was really good. Almost all of it was picked up, so you'll be seeing it on either theaters, Amazon, or Netflix coming up. And I will be, well, again, this is now three weeks in the future. If you go back a couple weeks, um, I'll have a complete Sundance roundup on Big Shiny Robot with uh, just the, kind of the best and the worst what I saw. But thankfully, there's only been two bad things. So we'll be doing that. Awesome. And then uh, also, we just, this week and coming up, we've been talking about it on Board as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi, hey, Andy. Andy. <laughs> oh, you sound so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, did you know that lion is an official term in bear culture? Is there a lion? I haven't heard of a lion yet. What, no, yeah. what does a lion mean, Q? So, so a lion is a guy who just has facial hair and a head of hair, but is all the rest um, hairless. So oh, kind, okay. of like, kind of like a, a twink with a beard. Yeah, but uh, but but not, but not even a twink. It's usually like a big guy. So um, when I was in the amazing show called Bear Beach um, a few <laughs> years ago... Uh, it was billed as uh, Beach Blanket Bingo with bears. And so I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. No, it was like this existential drama, and like I played a ghost. It was weird. But anyway, the, the, the guy who wrote, directed, and starred in the, in the show, um, he referred to himself as a lion because apparently like that's that was a thing because you know bears are usually like hairy all over mm-hmm. and there's like you know the muscle bears and then you have otters who are like leaner like more muscly type hairy guys but a lion is someone who has a uh, full head of hair and a beard but um is relatively hairless so okay. what's a snapping turtle that, there's a whole thing called CBT. We're not getting into that. Um, That's called a punch in the junk because it's about to stick in the Well, actually, with it's, the it's, book it's, coming up, it covers, like, all the characters. <laughs> That's true. Well, the weird thing is, too, like, I mean, half the movies I've seen have been just a bunch of gay cowboys eating pudding. So, you know, that's <laughs> part of the course of Sundance. I mean, I'm okay with that. Actually, that's weird. The the, the theme that this isn't the theme at Sundance this year has been smoking. Like every single movie I've seen, hmm. people are smoking cigarettes, and apparently all the movies that I'm not seeing, it's all about masturbation. So it's getting kind of a weird oh. year as far as themes up here. So it's about phallic objects either way, right? That's yeah, right. I guess so. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's female masturbation. So. Oh. So okay. And the mystery. <laughs> well, I think it was, I think it was more double clicking your mouse. So. Uh. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see those ones. I, I unfortunately was un- unaware of them. So you're afraid of the vagina anyway, so it's probably for the best. Hey, have you seen Return of the Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that one. There is a lady in the room. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do something that's probably digested slowly for ten thousand years. <laughs> no offense to the ladies present and cute. So that deserves a raspberry shot. <laughs> that does. Oh Why are you not God. There it is. There we go. Sorry for the delay. No, that was pretty amazing, though. Oh, Oh, the joy. Anyways, Uh, that's me. (laughs) Read my shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, read Adam's shit. Listen to his uh, podcast with uh, Andy Wilson. Hi, Andy. And then go visit him at work and uh, and take him booze and uh, walk up behind him and say, it's a terrible night to be lonely. (laughs) And my response would be, go, oh, fuck. (laughs) Speaking of lovely ladies, we also have Todd. Why, hi. I'm not a lady, nor lovely. You're very uh, lovely. Yes. Let's say yourself lovely short. Lovely ladies. Who's <laughs> I might so, be I'm a Sonardian. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't help it. Les Mis, people. Les Mis. I know. So, the Tenardiers. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. You can find me sneaking up on Adam, asking him inappropriate questions at work. <laughs> And being his um, secondhand date when more important people aren't available for him. I mean, he did marry his more important date, so I mean, you got to give him at least a little. I'm not, yeah, but he, it's not out of. I'm, I'm not mad or upset. It's just a statement of fact. Well, he, okay. Mitchie doesn't want to go see stuff though. He's like, Meh. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll call Todd. That's right. Okay, Todd, you want to go see this thing that my other guy doesn't want to see? Most of the time, it's yeah, I do. Sounds good. That really does make Todd the mistress, though, because, like, when Adam's husband is not in the mood, Todd gets a phone call. Like, you really are the mistress, Todd. Well, 
That's kind of awesome. It's just big gay love up here, so. <laughs> That's right. We haven't held hands yet, though, but I almost thought you might when we went and saw Blair Witch. That was Fuck awesome. That movie. That movie's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I haven't been camping since the first one, and this one did not encourage me to do so ever again, so. Dude, that movie got me scared of the I got claustrophobic it had Slenderman elements it was dark and in the woods and all sorts of shit and I'm like they're doing a really good job this thing's kind of scary way to go everything dun, in the movie dun, last time I saw it <laughs> didn't have in it that's right so, so yeah I'm Todd find me here nowhere else really so that's awesome Read Adam Shit. Uh, yes, and uh, sharing a mic with Todd and sharing a house, the poor, poor woman. Our very special guest, we have Amy. Yes, yeah, so um, I am the wife of Adam's mistress. <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm not reading or sharing an abode with Todd, or Todd. Abode with Toad? Abode <laughs> with Toad! That's much more po- poetic than living with Todd. <laughs> Um, that sounds like the I'm gay Friday. version of uh, A Year with Frog and Toad. Be like, I a bird with Toad. Coming to theaters near you. Starring a big gay lion. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, Amy, continue. I interrupted you. I was going to say, when I'm not sharing an abode with Todd, I'm educating the youth of America. Yay! Yay! Or as they say in some circles, working at the Sev. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How you doing, Shannon? <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, I am Brian. I am a sound designer in Southern California. Um, I am designing a game called Killing, Comma, My Friend, and I do have two pieces of news on that front. The release date did get moved back to, like, the fall. However, they're hoping in the next month or so from when this is released to have a playable demo that will be out. Um, and we got approved for Xbox, so we will be moving into consoles Ooh, as well, nice. which means more games to be sold, which means I might actually get paid for this thing. Hooray hey, for money! Hooray! Uh, so is it going to be like Xbox only or like one of their Play Anywhere titles? Well, it's going to be on Steam, and then it's also going to be, like, we just got approved to be able to port it for a console. So, like, it should be something oh, okay. you can play on your computer. I think we already got approval for PS, but don't quote me on that. But the Xbox is a big thing for us to be able to, to hatch oh, into. Okay. So, Absolutely. Uh, so that's, that's actually very good news on that front. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there's that. So I'm now busily working on uh, the playable levels for the demo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, that being said, this week we are reading The Pride of Baghdad, which was a recommendation probably from Todd. Um, yes. I might have put it on the list, but Todd's... This is one of those books, and I'll, I'm going to give you credit on this one, Todd, because you do this to me a lot. Hmm. There have been many books where you've said, you really need to read this book. Have you read this book? It's really good. You should read this book. Have you read this book? You should read this book. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I'll get to it. And I have, like, other crap that I'm reading, and I don't get to it. And then eventually I read it, and I'm like, fuck, he was right. That's actually really, really good. <laughs> So uh, this is one of those, but Todd, would you mind giving us a sort of spoiler-free preview as to what this book is? So the title of the book is Pride of Baghdad, starring lions in Baghdad, and you follow their adventures escaping a zoo. That's it. Sounds good. Uh, So... One other thing I was going to do real fast, um, if hopefully everyone's prepared for this, I talked to Adam about this earlier. I was listening to some episodes. I recently had to drive down to Arizona for a family funeral. Totally different story. However, I was listening to some past episodes and I realized something. Mm-hmm. We don't tell you if we like the book until well after the episode and it's been spoiled all the hell. So I felt like <laughs> maybe we should give people an idea as to whether or not we liked the book so that if they actually decide that they want to buy and read it, they can make that judgment beforehand. So I would like to go around and see if everyone can well, kind of do that a... just takes the fun out of it. <laughs> no, no, no. We can do all the horrible things at the end, but I'm just saying like... <laughs> I feel bad, like, wasting people's money being like, hey, you know what you should really do? You should go buy bo 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 and then listen to our episode, and then we're like, oh, really? I'm pretty sure that we talked about that mess before. I believe that episode opened also with my very loudly opening a can of beer, and I don't drink beer, so that's how bad it was. Yeah, I was just like, okay, we're getting drunk. So... Without being too spoilery, because we'll get into the spoilers after our little break, but um, I would say that I really like this book, as I said earlier. Um, the one thing I will say I was pleasantly surprised about, um, and I don't think it's a spoiler at all, is in a book that's all about animals and having animals talking, I was very concerned about it being too disney and being uh, a little too like watching Bambi and Baghdad, which 
luckily I can say I don't think that it was. I felt like the uh, the dialogue made logical sense. The characterization of the characters made sense. Um, it kind of uh, had a nice little line that it towed, uh, and I don't feel like it got so insanely political um, that if you know you weren't into DMZ, you would totally hate this book. But the person who could back me up on that would be Q. What is your opinion? I thought it was pretty good. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Uh, so, since we're talking about lions, big gay lion, uh, what is your spoilerific thoughts on this? So, I'm I'm gonna be the wet blanket on this one. Um, I think it's incredibly well drawn. I think the dialogue's top notch, which you you do get with Brian K. Vaughn. I just couldn't get invested in the characters. I mean, they they all have their own distinct personalities, and um, you know, it, it, I just didn't really care about watching lions roam Baghdad. Okay. But that being said. It, for this, I mean, it's an incredibly well done book. So I'm not going to ever say that there's, <clears throat> I'm not going to say there's bad parts to it. It's just, it's not a book that was for me. It's for okay. other people, just not me. Well executed, not your vibe though. Exactly. No, it's, it's tremendously mm-hmm. well done. Okay. It's, it's, it's bigly done. Bigly done, bigly done. Amy, what are your thoughts? I love this book. I love this book the first time I read it, I don't know, two years ago. Well, I don't know how deep you get into it, but I love the metaphor for freedom and how we all embrace or reject or what will you sacrifice for, what you'll compromise, fight for, and how different personality types approach that differently. Oh my God, you're such a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm a a sucker for anything you can unpack on many levels. And when I read this, I was like, fuck, where was this when I was teaching? I could have done good shit with this for students with less fucking and shitting. (laughs) Depends on what uh, what school district you're in. Well, where's the fun in that bad? That's right. True. In youth corrections, you can do whatever you want and nobody cares. That's right. Nobody cares. Oh, shit. Hold on. (laughs) I'm slow on the buttons today. I apologize. I'm, I'm slacking. Uh, well, Todd. public school, and everybody cares when you say the bad words. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Utah. Todd, what are uh, like your spoilerific thoughts? I'm assuming you like this book, since you recommended it. I did recommend it, and I do like this book. Um, all in all, I guess I would describe it. I think Adam did a lot of things well, but when it comes to drinking games, I'll talk more. But good book, okay. read it. I like it. Yep. Fantastico. Well, then you brought up drinking games, so let's uh, let's jump into that. <laughs> Now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Rule one, the cat fight rule. Anytime Safa and Noor disagree. He'll be drunk before page three. Rule two, the Lion King rule. Whenever you read the characters and the voices from the Lion King, so like, so Mufasa is the main lion and, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is Simba, who's a little lion. Um, you have to take a drink, because I, I couldn't help it. This whole book, I was reading like they were from. And, oh, and then the, the Nafa is uh, Scar, just because. Rule three, the this is how you do it rule. Well, as I go through this and I was thinking, I just kept thinking, oh, this is what the artist from 30 Days of Night was shooting for. Take a drink. Because this is really well done, and it kind of has a similar vibe in a lot of ways with the backgrounds and how they're treated. Rule four, the history teacher rule. I could I could really geek out and make you do it every single time there's a historical or political context. And our final rule, the Bambi's mom rule. Every time you run into a dead animal, take a drink. You're bringing some class and some intelligence to our uh, proceedings here, Amy. We have to let you have at least that. I, I guess she's never listened to the podcast then. Because this, <laughs> this is about vodka. <laughs> Raspberry! I guess that leads us to our uh, our nice little break in record time, I think. Uh, 20 minutes. That's about average. I guess yeah. that probably is. Yeah, we, we haven't rambled too much. Also, P.S. and by the way, I was uh, editing last week's episode recently and mm-hmm. laughing again at the tale of uh, the worst production of Romeo and Juliet known to man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Amy was an ASM on that show. She was. Yeah, and I told everyone I knew, go ahead and go home after the first act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because it's but true. But I had a really good monologue in Act 2. That's true. Quentin, you really saved that show. You were hilarious. That's lies. You know I was terrible. <laughs> I thought no, you I were hilarious. And clearly oh, I'm thank the you. I just remember the pastel high school set. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh. My other favorite thing that I forgot, and I'll just throw this in now that we're discussing it, since uh, and, and this was not a shameless plug for me to put it in. But so when we had that opening fight scene, that do you bite your thumb at me, sir? Do you bite my thumb? The funny thing is, so we talked about Arnie and his you know barbaric yelp at the end of the uh, the show um, on the last episode. The thing that always cracked me up is that the two thugs were played by Arnie and Brian Barr, and I love Brian oh Barr, but God. he could not play Butch if his life depended on it. When he would cock his gun to the side. I was like, yes, queen, yes. Yeah. Well, and it was not even that, like, it didn't look like he was cocking his gun. It looked like he was checking his nails. Like, he looked bored <laughs> being like, oh, I need a manicure. Oh, yes, That's you guys are very bad, but I need a manicure. Like, it was, like, it was, it killed me. girl, you ratchet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that was my other element of that show. Like, that show was insane. So speaking of insane, now is your time to uh, read the book if you haven't already. Four, four out of five of us recommend it, uh, just like your dentist. Um, and so uh, if you'd like to read it now, pa- press pause and uh, we will wait for you in the magic ether that is the internet. Whoa, I, and... I would say I recommended it too, just I said it wasn't for me. I gotcha. Okay. If you actually still have a soul and would like to read it, then this is your chance. I mean, if you're like Adam and have no soul, then you can just listen to us make fun of each other and ourselves and everything else after the break. So, sound fair? Sounds fair. Sounds cool. We will see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Ignore her. She drinks. Um... (laughs) I was going to save that for you, Q, when you were talking about your character, but I didn't get it in in time. So. Uh, yeah, people can I just say that I'm glad I'm not the hater this week? You're I welcome. didn't hate it. I even said specifically it's good, it's just not for me. Listen, bitch, if, you, if they knew where I work, they'd know why I don't have a soul either. <laughs> so, I lost somebody, my soul. Somebody bring in the Jill Scott. Eddie randomly just told me that how much he hates Mariah Carey, and I was like, oh, oh I didn't know, God, where why? did this come from? I don't know, he why? just hates her. Like, it was New Year's Eve night, and the whole thing broke where she like was the, the botched yeah, the, the I mean, thing. I, well, and he just she, off. She has definitely fallen slightly. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't go much farther down from Glitter. From, you know, from her 90s heyday, but here's, okay, so as, as a Mariah Carey <laughs> fan, just, and, and here's like, it's I'm not somebody who like owns all of her albums or like and like die hard like ah, but I am just gonna say so unless you're in on the joke that is Mariah Carey that Mariah Carey puts out for herself, it's mm-hmm. kind of lost on you and it's not you know a diss at anybody but she knows how ridiculous she is and she does it on purpose like oh yeah. If you've ever seen her Cribs episode, you know that that has well, to be the case. Exactly. Or like, she's insane. Like, like those she's, are the only two like options. She's not actually exercising in heels. She is not actually lounging around her house in a corset and fishnets. Like that's just <laughs> like that, that, that's not reality. But that's what she wants to portray because she knows that it's funny and cute, and she just goes back and laughs with all of her friends about how ridiculous she is. Just like. You know, just like the stories that I tell. I mean, they're all based on truth, slightly altered to make them funnier. <laughs> um, but you, uh, anyway, I, let's talk about lions instead of Mariah Carey's fat face. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, do, I do love her. I have, I have, you know, many of her albums, especially from when, you know, she was, uh, she had a, an eight octave range. Now it's more like two. Um, Anybody want to dance? Well, I mean, I'm just like good on her for you know, continuing her career. She's still making millions and fucking sexy ass men. So good for her. Todd, what was the name of that uh, music video channel that you could call in and pay like a buck and a half and they'd play your music video for you? Oh, I remember that. What was the name of that thing? The Box. The Box. That's what it was. So I didn't have cable TV. Well, I had cable TV, but my mom had blocked MTV because she thought it was a waste of time. Like, regular television <laughs> it itself wasn't more of a waste of time anyway. So for Christmas one year, Todd videotaped for hours. Went through and videotaped music videos off of the box for me, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of them came up, because like most of it was like rock stuff. There was some Metallica. There was some Blink-182. There was, you know, like the standard, you know. Don't break movie. my heart. 
I think he put uh, some of that he put on there just to fuck with me, but the one that always <laughs> cracked me up was it comes to do all the choreography. Well, yes, of course. So it, it comes up to the uh, Mariah Carey's oh, I think it's Honey, I think. It's the one where she's like the whole thing's a very like huge like gold tone kind of thing uh -huh. and she's in something and it puts that on and I was like this song is terrible. He goes, "Oh no, you're not supposed to watch this one with the sound on. You just turn the sound <laughs> off and just watch it." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I, I figured I had to throw you under the bus in front of your wife. Not that she's shocked by that at all. But so now that we've done that, now it's my confession time. So okay. when I was in, when I was in college, staying in the dorms at the college I went to, uh, we you know to make extra money, we worked on campus, and I ended up working in the in the cafeteria because I was like, hey, I like to cook, whatever. Well, if you know how a cafeteria works, if you're a freshman, you start out in the dish room, and yeah. mm -hmm. it's the most absolute horrible place in the world. However, this is like right. Yeah, it was like. Oh god, I, just, I still have flashbacks. Um, but to this day, like I remember, because that was back like at the heyday of Insane Backstreet Boys, Ninety Eight Degrees, all those horrible bands we used to listen to. Um, and we you watch know, your tone, sir. <laughs> bye bye bye. <laughs> Actually, that was playing into the story. Um, we were all huge, like everyone loved him back then, and so we were always watching the videos and stuff. So it was like me, my buddy Jordan, who uh, unfortunately passed away first year of college, like, a couple months after I met him, and um, some other friends, we were all working in the dish room, and so we were the dish room boys, because when that song would come on, we would do all the choreography <laughs> in, the, in the dish room, and I, I'm really glad this is back before we had camera phones, because there would be just incredibly embarrassing videos of me, like in like, a lab coat, and like a spaghetti, a nasty spaghetti pan thrown in the dishwasher, <laughs> doing like the bye-bye-bye like, choreography, so yeah, that, that's out there somewhere if they have, I'm sure there's a security video camera of it somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. There was a security guy dying laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were the dish room boys. <laughs> Speaking of boy bands, one of my favorite memories, and it happened more than once, is Hugh and I road tripping from Logan back down to like Salt Lake for whatever, and like our go-to CD was uh, NSYNC's, I think, second album, the Dirty Pop album, and we would sing along <laughs> to that. Third. At the top of our... Huh? <laughs> it was our third. <laughs> it was a third? Yeah. It wasn't. No strings attached. No, 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 because it was dirt. It was pop, which had dirty pop on it. Because okay, so that's the third album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we I'm would listen to that album. And, <laughs> and, and we would sing along. I, that was some of my best memories with Q from college. Like I loved doing that. It was so much fun. Oh, yeah. I, think, I think I can speak for me and Q when we both knew Lance was gay from the big get go. Oh, everyone did. No one was shocked by that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of like when Ricky Martin came out and everyone was like, uh-huh. Or, let's be honest, it was sort of like when Q came out and we went, uh-huh. How yeah. dare you, sir? Keep <laughs> <laughs> mask and straight acting. <laughs> we already told that story on this show. Everyone knows. I so mask. Oh, my God. So, what, so one of my friends went to the Women's March over the weekend. And uh, he... So, like... It's like this huge joke for um, gay men to wear the like shirts that say mask, M-A-S-C, on it, and, like hats, and it's kind of like, whatever. Like, listen, we know Queen. But my friend Mark had this hat, and it just said femme on it, F-E-M-M-E, -M -M -E, and I was like, yes! Yes! I'm like, I want one of those so bad. Or 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 a shirt, I'd either or. But I was like, I don't rock the shit out of that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Didn't you have a T-shirt that said "I'm not gay"? Uh, yeah, one that one that um, <laughs> a friend of a friend from church made for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> Which was countered by Kevin Allred's shirt that says "I'm not gay, but my boyfriend is." <laughs> I remember that shirt. That shirt was awesome. <laughs> and in fact, I think both me and Kevin gave our shirts to TJ afterwards. <laughs> oh yeah. Because I I know I gave mine to him and because and he wore it he wore it quite often, but uh, anyway, oh God, college. <laughs> college is so weird. We, we should make shirts to say I'm not gay. I just don't get enough protein in my diet. <laughs> there was a, there's a picture on the internet, so I don't know if it's been photoshopped or what. But there's this picture of a, a, a just an old an old man. I'm not, like probably in his 60s or 70s, and he's sitting there and he's just being normal, eating a hot dog or whatever. And he's wearing this shirt that says, "I'm not gay, but twenty dollars is twenty dollars." <laughs> <laughs> and and I, was, I was just like, I mean, sure, dude. 
Something. <laughs> Not for me, though. No, thank you. Uh, well, uh, Q? Yes. Can you lend us it to $5? Can you lend us it to $5? <laughs> oh, no, man. Is it $5? Oh, my God. So, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, Q, uh, if you would like to do the lightning round for your $20. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Um, and if you, say no, if you say no to 20, we don't go down to two. Yes, we've learned this. <laughs> All right. See so the th- pro for the backstory on these. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, and fast forward to 29 minutes and you'll get you'll get all of our jokes. Oh my, oh my I don't god. know exactly where it is. <laughs> because I've told I I've, I've shown it's like I told you all my coworkers you were famous at my work. Oh my god. Um, so, to preface this one, this is just in one graphic novel. It is a very short book, which is one of the pros. It's actually it's actually a pretty pretty quick read. Um, so hopefully I should be able to hit on all of the main points. Oh, yes, and by the way, last week I had to loop the music three times. You're welcome! <laughs> welcome, America! Good day to be in America! Next time yeah, I have it, just I, like... I can't help but make comments in the middle of, of the thing. Oh, I, know, I know it's supposed to be like... And, and it was very economical, summary. like... It was an economical use of time. It's still, like, it was just such a, a dense book. I had to loop the music three times. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what was that one? Ex Machina? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I was yes. saying, I, it was... No, I haven't edited that portion of that part yet, so actually it oh. would have been the one before, so it was uh, X-Men uh, Mutant Genesis. Oh, Mutant Genesis. Oh, well, girl, well, girl, that's because, you know, I had to expound and edit <laughs> quite. <laughs> <laughs> and really tell tell the children what was going on. Great time with Q. Walking with I needed children it in too. nature. Lightning round begins now. All right, so we open, and this bird is telling this lion that the sky is falling, and the lion looks up. You can tell he's sort of in a, a, an encampment obviously the zoo, and there are jets flying overhead, and they're all just kind of like, oh, we don't know what's going on. We're introduced to uh, Zill, who's the the uh, main lion, then or the, the male lion, then Safa, who is the older woman who only has one eye and one ear, uh, and then the cub, whose name is Ali, and then you're introduced to Noor, who is actually uh, Ali's mother. And Noor is talking to the gazelles, antelope, something, and she's trying. They're, she's trying to like be like, "Hey, we need to get out of here. Let's spring. Let's spring out of here." And the antelope's like, "Uh, we don't trust you because y'all eat us." Duh. So they're all just kind of like, "Oh, you know, Safa's all bitter old lady," and she's like, "Oh, like, why, why do they just feed us? Like, you know, I don't like it here, whatever." And then she kind of recounts of the fact when she was uh, gang raped in the homeland. So then the keepers, as they call them throw a giant carcass of a donkey into their thing and then they they run away and they're like wait what's going on and then explosion there's some kind of explosion and they don't really know what's going on and all of the animals are are escaping the zoo safa decides that she's going to stay there because she's like you know we're not going to make it out there and sort of you know her backstory she's just like you know the jungle's crazy i ain't doing that shit and of course Nora's like no we're you know let's go and ali's just like okay sure that sounds great so they get out and all the animals are going crazy. A giraffe's head gets blown off, which is insane. More explosions. And then the monkeys kidnap Ali because they're like, uh, if we're going to make it out in the world, we need, like, you know, some fucking muscle. And this little lion cub's going to be, you know, our, gu- our guy. And then the other two lions, uh, Nor and Zill, try to go rescue him, but they go over water and lions can't swim. So then Safa comes back and she fucks up the monkeys because fuck them. She rescues Ali. They make it out of the zoo and they make it into the wilderness and they run into uh, a sea turtle who is all like, oh man, they're all fucked up. You know, they have all these wars and the oil spills and all of this stuff. Oh, but also before then, like, Nor gets, like, really turned on by Zill, which is super crazy. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 we're going to go do it right now. And it's just like, what? And she's like, we're going to do it again. And he's like, uh, I can't, so... Anyway, that's, that part was real weird. So then, um, you know, they're still, like, wandering through the woods. And then tanks come in, and they're like, what the fuck are those? And so they kind of, like, so they go in the opposite direction of the tanks, which leads them into the city. And they're very confused as to by what all this stuff is. And a sandstorm comes in, and they're like, oh, you know, we, we need to go find shelter. Nor is like, you know, I'm going to go hunt. Y'all motherfuckers go, you know, go about your own way, but I'm going to go hunt. 
and they come across a dead body of a, of a man, and they're like, uh, maybe we should eat it, and Safa, for some reason, is like, we can't eat humans, like, that's, you know, they took care of us, and Zil's like, uh, no, we're gonna eat this, but then they're called over by Nor, who has found a herd of horses, or whatever the fuck you call a group of horses. What, is that a herd, a, a, a thing, a, I believe it's a herd. A gaggle. Um, a metric fuckton. <laughs> but, um, so, anyways, so they're like, all right, we're, we're getting ready to pounce on these horses. Another explosion. Obviously, the horses, you know, run out and they're like, okay, well, we need oh, to. Oh, it's called a these. team or a harass? A harass. A harass. And if they're colts, they can be called a rag. That's stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. You can also oh. go with stable troop or stud. Ooh. <laughs> a stud of horses. Who the fuck comes up with these? <laughs> um, Alright, so, so they start chasing him down, and Zill's like, uh, I'm old, I'm fat, I can't do that, so I'm gonna hang back here with the cub. And the women are like, fuck yes, we're getting us, and then eventually Safa's like, okay, you know what, I'm a little bit older, I can't quite keep up, and she's like, but if you tell anybody that, I'm gonna kill you. So Nora's like, okay, I got this. So she chases them into um, into a house, and it's obviously some very decadent some someone's house, and there's this giant painting of Lion with Wings, and so she's kind of, uh, Nora's very like, I don't know what the fuck this is, this is all very <laughs> weird, and uh, Safa catches up with her and they come across the the body of a dying lion and they're like what the fuck what is this this is so crazy and you kind of are, are implied that this guy uh this lion was the pet of whoever owned this house and then they run into the goddamn motherfucking bear who's super <laughs> scary <laughs> So scary. He's real scary. Um, so then, you know, we join Zill and Ali outside, and they hear they hear the thought, you know, the the females are getting into a fight, and they're trying to fuck him up, and he's like, "Nah, I'ma fuck y'all up." Uh, oh, he knocks Safa down, and they're gonna go after Nor, and then Zill comes in, and he's like, "Uh, y'all ain't gonna." He's like, "You ain't gonna get my bitches." So um, <laughs> he's like, "I'm a fighter," and they have this they have this big battle, and they're they're going at it. And Zill knocks him out of the window and really fucks him up. And then Ali gets the horses to run and stampede over that stupid bear, which is awesome. So then the lion, uh, the lion's like, "Oh, we should kill him." And then Zill's like, "Nah, leave him here." So um, they see what Ali thinks are fireflies, which is obviously probably gunfire. And they're like, "Oh, we should go up and see what's going on." And they get up on top of this hill. And before, um, Zill kind of recounts a story about how he used to see the sunsets back before he, he was in the zoo. And so Ali is like, oh, it's the sunset. He's like, yeah, it's the horizon. Look how pretty this is. It's so pretty. And then Zill gets shot, and they're all like, what the fuck's going on? So Safa's like, oh, fuck, fuck these motherfuckers. They completely destroy her with gunfire. So then, of course, uh, Noor and Ali are like, hey, what's going on? And then they die. And you find out that it's the American soldiers coming in who are like, oh, the lions are like gonna attack us or like whatever, man. And the end. That was the best impersonation of a soldier I've ever heard. Well, I, I fucked with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding. What does that sound like, you? <laughs> what? I, I was gonna have you do your impersonation of that soldier guy fucking, but I don't know if I really want to hear it. No, no, not, no. Well, bringing some class into these proceedings, Amy, you definitely had uh, some uh, higher thoughts on this book. I was kind of curious. Uh, you know what? Uh, like your uh, your history teacher uh, thoughts on the on the book. I liked how the different characters really were metaphors for how you approach freedom. Um, you have characters like Safa, who has paid a great cost back when she was free before. Uh, she has some trauma from that. She's hesitant to go out into the world. She has a lot of old memories and quotes, and she would pr prefer to stay in the safety of captivity. Um, there's also a really tragic metaphor about um, she lost one of her eyes early. She loses her second eye in the bear fight. And early on, Zill talks about how a horizon is freedom. 
and they finally get to that at the end and she can't see it because she's blind and so just her her plot line i thought was really beautiful i thought the part where the apes kidnap Allie, um and when you have freedom and different groups of people especially if that freedom is won through chaos get very tribal and communal and they're they're taking hostages and it's the metaphor for um Safa to jump back in and play a role defending her family and I think Nor is really a metaphor for moral compasses. She's the one who says no we're not going to eat the gazelle thing because that'll just prove them right and we're not going to eat the man's carcass because they're the keepers and they cared for us and you just don't do that. Like she's the one that draws them back to a moral core again and again and again throughout the story. And I think Mm -hmm. the bear symbolizes Russia. (laughs) 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 They just come in as a big bad motherfucker and mess up things and if you look at the Middle East and the conflicts between Middle East and Russia and Middle East and Russia that have gone back and forth for a long period of time. Yeah. I like that. I think you could unpack metaphors in this for days. As if you ever had any doubt that we were a bunch of drunken morons talking about comic books, (laughs) there is evidence that we are. No, it's all good. That's we're happy to have you here. Sorry, I was like, this is why we need we've needed girls on this podcast. That's true. Well and see, we finally got one for you, Q. The queen wasn't enough, huh? <laughs> and don't you forget it <laughs> she's too much uh well fantastic i mean yeah there's there's a lot more there's a lot into it um that i don't think i could expound on much better than you already have amy so like not that i disagree with you or you know i, I agree with you i just i have nothing better to say to that so i will change gears so that i can try to hide the fact that i'm a moron and say um i have a cocktail that goes along with this um Uh-oh. More of a shot, actually. It's a cocktail called Baghdad by Night, um, which, unfortunately, I think is supposed to be uh, uh, more tied to things blowing up in the war. Uh, so I guess it kind of works. Uh, it's just two parts. It's uh, uh, one part of creme de cacao, and you put that in, and then you layer on top of it um, one part of Aftershock, which will uh, create a bit of an explosion on top. Uh, anybody else have any cocktails they are ready to, uh, to bring to the table? I've got one. So this one is kind of a play on a hot toddy, because how can I resist that? But I went after it with the uh, nice golden coloring and everything else with this book. It's called a King's Cider, which also is a good play with the lines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's um, a full shot and a half of Crown Royal whiskey, um, two ounces of hot cider, and then I also put in a shot of that honey liqueur I've used in the past, a dash of lemon juice and a dash of cinnamon on top. And you drink the drink hot, so it's this caramel, murky, golden, alcoholic booze fest. It's quite lovely. I love it. Q, do you have a cocktail for us? Yes, I do. Mine is called <laughs> the Lioness. Nice. And it is. Um, so these are done in counts because it's um, it's actually a shot. Um, and and so, counts are normally what, like about an ounce, right? Well, no, or an ounce we, and a half we, per we, count. Because because um, a, a shot is what a two count. A shot's oh, like two ounces, right? Uh, uh shot's generally an ounce. Yeah, shot's well, generally an ounce. Okay. So, so, so these are done in like count, so because it's a layered shot. So, okay. So it's not quite a full ounce. So okay. it, it's But it's uh, three things. Um, so one part amaretto, a half a part of triple sec, and then another another part of whipping cream. So it's a little less triple sec in between the amaretto and the whipping cream. Okay. And then you just layer layer it in a shot glass. And it's called the Lioness because nice. you know I love I love my female characters, and there were definitely two that were pretty fucking badass. So yep, mm-hmm. down. You hunter, you. No, <laughs> that's women's work. I, 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 I so just to kind of talk about like the the female dynamic of yeah. of lions, mm-hmm. like Zill is definitely like that typical um, line that you know that you see where he's just like, um, I just lay back here and like, yeah, I like fight when like I need to, but I'm just going chill. Um, <laughs> like hunting, that's women's work. I ain't doing that. And but but also you can kind of tell that he's like. <laughs> Yeah. nervous about it because he's obviously been in captivity for so long that he's like oh mm, I don't that may not be the best thing to do which mm-hmm. I which I really liked mm-hmm. cool uh, Adam do you have a cocktail for us yeah <clears throat> mine's called seeing the horizon um because you have yeah. enough of them and you will definitely see the horizon um <laughs> yeah. but Maybe it's, sideways. A, it's a yeah 
<laughs> face down. Uh, it's an ounce <laughs> and a half of. Uh, I'm using the High West Silver Western Oat, but you can use any kind of clear. You have to use a, uh, for the color to be right. You have to use a clear whiskey. So you start with an ounce off of that to an ounce and a half of lemon juice, and then you add about one to two teaspoons of grenadine, depending on how sweet you want it. Uh, put that in a shaker of rice, shake the shit out of it, and then strain mm-hmm. it into a chilled martini glass. So it's kind of a send up on a whiskey sour, um, but the uh-huh. grenadine gives it a bit more of like that um, cherry flavor, and also gives you that nice color you want when you're looking at the horizon. Oh, cool! That, that sounds, sounds really good. good. Yeah. I'm gonna have to make that now. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, so, I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, I, I guess you could try it with lime juice too, but I haven't done that yet because mm-hmm. it might make the colors weird. But the lemon gives you the more kind of the more bitter flavor you want with a sour. So, mm-hmm. uh, Amy, do you happen to have a cocktail for us? I I do have a drink. Yay! I am playing off of the uh, meat of or the wine of Babylon because um, they talked okay. about the wines of Babylon, and at that point in history, they were doing a lot of spiced wines, even though they didn't call call meats to later but uh like adam i'm also putting a plug into local utah delicious cocktail producers Yay. so uh mine is a meat produced by the high winery adelaide in utah oh cool yeah. yep it's really good stuff you, you open the top and you pour it straight into the glass and you're done oh nice <laughs> that sounds like Q's kind of drinking right there i don't think he would go with the glass that's the thing <laughs> excuse uh, me what are you saying my good man <laughs> I'm saying that if you if you have alcohol and the recipe is to pour the alcohol into a glass and then drink it, I think you would just skip the glass entirely. You just pour it in my face. Yeah, see? Well, <laughs> my, my dirty cup. Yeah, exactly. See? Then you don't have any dishes to do yeah. when you're hungover the next unless morning. Pre- unless it comes in the can already. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so, Adam, since you're the only hater we have on this... I didn't uh, hate it! <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just wanted to throw you under the bus. Uh, what, what are your uh, What are your thoughts on this? <clears throat> I, no, it, it's pretty much like I said at the beginning. I mean, it's very well drawn. It's very well written. Um, it has everything like Amy pointed out. Just the, the the wonderful metaphors and you know the, the politics of freedom and the way different people react to it, as you know, done in these from the viewpoint of these lions. It has everything I should love in a comic, and I I can't tell you why I didn't like it. Um, okay. Maybe I just didn't identify. Like, yeah, well, I know you're not supposed to identify with lions, but um, yeah, something. I just it's really a great book, and I could highly recommend it to pretty much anyone out there with the caveat that hey, you know what? It's it wasn't for me. So I find it a, a bit of an interesting through line because we did Ex Machina last week by Brian K. Vaughn with a uh, taking place in New York from the aftermath of 9/11, and then he's mm-hmm. gone on to write this. Which is in its own way a reaction to from the aftermath of 9-11. You can definitely tell. If I didn't know better, I'd say he's a New Yorker. But this is on top of his mind, and it consumes a lot for him. He actually lives in Los Angeles. Oh. Well, yeah, um, to Why the Last Man, and he likes a post-apocalyptic world, doesn't he? He does. Well, I mean, there also is the the argument to be made that like that is, in general, reaction to the world we live in now. Uh, yeah. We kind of had this conversation a little while ago when we were discussing uh, some modern comic books and the, the tendency for them to be influenced by uh, 9-11. And I think it's the same thing you see with anime uh, being mm-hmm. influenced by um, the Hiroshima bomb and that kind of thing as well. The thing about, I think, a lot of the stuff that he's writing, I mean, Saga, I think, doesn't necessarily fall into the 9-11 so much, but mm-hmm. it does sort of talk about, um, I think it's more personal in the fact that I think it's it's talking about, you know, family and the importance of that and that kind of thing, and, I mean, which is also his work, uh, but I think that that's, it, it, I think he, he wears what's important to him on his sleeve. I think that's kind of the interesting thing about his writer. I think his work, although, I mean, this book is about lions and the last book was about a superhero, um, um, and uh, you know, next week is a book about three female characters. I think he he's such a personal writer. I think that's part of where his success is that mm-hmm. um, even though he may not be writing directly about you know factual experiences that he had, I think a lot of his emotions play through on the page, and mm-hmm. a lot of his thoughts and his concerns, uh, which I think is probably one of his greatest successes. And I think one of his ability to really connect with writers, and probably part of the reason why we liked him enough to uh, you know focus an entire month on his work. Yeah, that's that's sort of my my thought process on that. Uh, since uh, Adam, are you done hating on the book? or uh... <laughs> I'm going to mute my mic now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Adam, if we got you a body wax, then would you identify with lions more is the question. Um, no. No? <laughs> no, none of that. 
it was worth a thought, man. I thought we could try it out. Uh, well, no, yeah, I, I, I like lions. Like, I love Lion King. It's Hamlet for kids, but I don't know. I just maybe I'm I'm also with Q that it's kind of like we're seeing, you know, and what we discussed before with when we were brought up that documentary, I actually went and watched after the Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue. I watched it again as well, actually. Yeah, and it's, it's a fan, and again, fantastic documentary. Kind of parallels uh, where the horror themes came from all the way back mm-hmm. from World War One, with people coming back from war and were deformed. That's where we have like Frankenstein and stuff to nowadays things. Um, I, maybe I'm just kind of over the the 9-11 fallout boom boom patriotism just because of our current political climate what we're seeing unfold you know what four days into the orange cuts yeah. uh, presidential yeah. yeah so maybe I'm just I when I read this I wasn't in the mood for that kind of book because I'm tired of that whole process that's been going on for the last and like just dredging up because every 15 seconds 9-11 9-11 yes we, we get it was a huge tragedy but mm-hmm. this country started to go to shit because of it, and in a sense, you could say that that's exactly what terrorists wanted to have happen when that when those planes hit the um, hit the towers. So that said, though, one of the movies that I saw at Sundance did have one of the best 9/11 jokes I'd ever heard. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like it's yeah. It just the the current political climate. Maybe just I'm kind of done with the re- rehashing we've done over the last 15 years and maybe that's why it just wasn't for me right now but like I said it's no. it's an excellent book it's very well written it's it, the art's beautiful I'm like I'm not normally an art guy but I loved it it just didn't I wasn't in the mood for it maybe well and actually that was that was going to be my next question about it because I, I feel like your reaction to it right now is probably the same reaction I had to the film of Doctor Strange like everyone I know and respect loves the movie and and watching it i i will you know say yes i think it's uh you know what i saw was very well done you know a great movie however i watched the day after the election and i just was not in the mood to watch it um yeah and so i i almost that's kind of the vibe i was getting off of you and so actually you and you answered my question before i had a chance to ask it Let's see i'm going around the room todd uh what are your thoughts well I really like the book and whatnot i did recommend it so there's that aspect of it there the um I do love the art and looking at it. It's got those gold tones and everything's throughout. And I did bring the comparison to 30 Days of Night. I think a lot of it's there, but the artwork that was done by the artist, it was, it was this artist again. Art by Nico Henrikon. I'm not sure of other work Nico's done, but this is just beautiful. And it kind of showed how even there, the lions were kind of about like the tapestry with the fabric of the background and the settings. You can really see how they could have made that a home. And it was really the outside invaders coming in, and they're like, we have this freedom, this is what we always heard, and it's like a frog getting run over trying to cross the road. It just didn't have a chance. And this, there's always this thought work of you've got freedom going on, and freedom's the greatest thing. For some, it really is, and the flip side to freedom is it's the opposite end of the pendulum swing of security is you never know what's going to happen. So even though mm-hmm. it's something people say they want and they strive through, if you also tell people, says, hey, if you go do this, you're just as likely to have this terrible thing happen to you just because. And like, well, I don't want that. So yeah, you, you watch this and the movie book ends and it kind of just punches you in the gut and you're like, so you went through this whole emotional journey of them going, hey, we finally made it, isn't this wonderful? And then they die. And it just becomes inconsequential to everything else. And it's sad, but it's, you know, it kind of, there's a point to take away with that. So, yeah. You got to appreciate the moments and the people you have while you got them, because who knows what tomorrow brings. Nuclear Holocaust. That's right. Uh, Q, did we ask you your opinion already? I'm trying, sorry. (laughs) No, not yet. Sorry, I've literally been waiting for someone to ask me something so I can open my beer. (laughs) Um, my second one yay Um, ignore she drinks so um, I I, I like the book I like the fact that it was a quick read like for the Mm -hmm. most part because I keep looking at the giant stack of shit that we've got to read here since since we've been so organized like planning a month but I'm just like this pile is so huge. Um, so so I pre- I appreciate the fact that not only was it a quick read, but 
it was a quick read where you still got everything. It wasn't just like done. Like it, like it mm-hmm. still felt like you were getting like a whole story. And and like Adam said, even though he wasn't really feeling it, but like the characters still feel very defined and different. It's not like you know they're just a group of Lion A and Lion C are kind of the same thing, which I liked about it. I like the fact that um like it just kind of focused on just the lions. Like it really didn't kind of like branch into a lot of stuff. I like the fact that. A lot of the story is a little bit more implied as we as humans reading the story from a lion's point of view. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I found that interesting. Um, I didn't like the fact that it was so sad. Like, it's very sad, and, um, you know, not to get too personal on here, kids, but I've, I've had a pretty rough go of it for a while. Um, so, like, having the sad book definitely was not super helpful to me this week. Anyway, uh, uh, but, but I mean, but, but I liked it, and, and, and I felt that it was, it felt real, which obviously it's based on a true story, but, like, it felt real because obviously real life sucks. So, like, <laughs> the lions aren't going to have, they're not just going to live happily in the middle of Baghdad in this, you know, rich guy's house, which is obviously then going to be looted by, you know, people when they come back into the city. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, obviously there's, like, some editorial and artistic license that happens in the story, but I kind of, I kind of... Uh, which not to get too political, but I kind of liked the fact that it was the Americans that came in and killed them, kind of showing mm-hmm. that like America thinks that they're gonna be so great and come in and save you from yourself, but really you're just gonna end up dead. Which is kind of like at the time and now it's kind of like, oh America, you're so crazy. So I, I mean, I liked all of that. I I think what really got me was the fact that it was so sad, which is why I keep trying to make jokes about the ridiculousness of things. Because it kind of ties in, I'm just going to go ahead and go into my recommendation, but it really reminded me of Watership Down, for those of you who have either read the book or seen the the movie. For you young listeners who don't know Watership Down, because we're old as fuck, um, (laughs) it's, it's sort of this, it's very similar, sort of these group of rabbits who are trying to um, find uh, another den to live in and just like, you know, just trying to survive as an animal and like they get kind of wrapped into like this one rabbit who's like totally fucking creepy and scary and like I never looked at rabbits the same <laughs> after after re- uh, watching that movie. Um, but you know, it's still very similar where it's very real. It still kind of feels like it's for kids because it's about animals who can talk. Um, mm-hmm. but, and also very sad. But I kind of, but again, I still kind of liked it. But like Watership Down is definitely getting like that vibe of uh, like, you know, realistic story of animals trying to survive. Anyway, so for those of you who liked this book, I would suggest either going to read the novel, which has been, I think, like mandatory reading in middle school for, for a long time. I don't know if it still is. Lord knows the kids these days with their Harry Potter. And, um, <laughs> That's devil books, man. Devil. And or or go see the animated movie, which I, I watched in college with my um, roommates, and I was like, oh, an animated movie about bunnies. Okay, no, <laughs> do not do that. Um, but uh, anyway, that's that's all I'll say on that. Fantastic, uh, Amy. As our very special guest, you want to give us uh, your your thoughts? Well, I think it was interesting that Q talked about Watership Down. Um, because Vaughn said in an interview that he was inspired by that in 1984, which is having a bestseller week since uh, yeah. alternative facts are now a thing, which yeah. is a reference to 1984. So Amazon had to order a reprinting on the book. So many people have got on and ordered it. Yeah, I think the Middle East is always a fascinating topic. And I think Khalid Hassani, if you're looking for novel novels, is doing a lovely job of unpacking beautiful complexity of humanity and unfortunately the cruelty that we sometimes choose to show each other. Amy, we've got recommendations from you. Uh, Q, we've got recommendations from you. Adam, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, so uh, I'm sure most people are familiar with the Telltale Game Company. They make Mm -hmm. The the Walking Dead, they've done Game of Thrones. Um, They're video games like on Steam and iOS and your Xbox and PlayStation. And the cool thing is, it's kind of like choose your own adventure, <clears throat> but mm-hmm. while you can die in the game and have to start over, every decision you make changes where the game goes, what happens. There's no, like if you don't save someone they die, well, then they're mm-hmm. just out of the game for the rest of the thing. And I got it a while ago, but I'm just wrapping up the, uh, they did the Batman series. Mm-hmm. So 
where you're actually playing both Bruce Wayne and Batman, and you're dealing with Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face. Um, at one point, you end up in Arkham, and you become best friends with the Joker before he's the Joker. Um, so it's really cool to kind of take the, the story and change the mythology and make it feel like you're actually a part of it. And I think it was on sale for like 10 bucks the other day. Um, mm-hmm. So if you haven't had a chance to play it and you like Batman, go check it out. Their next game they're doing is Guardians of the Galaxy. So nice. looking forward to that one as well. Todd, do you have any recommendations? I do. I was sitting on the couch with my wife, because we seem to do that often, watching That's television. Real. That's right. Um, but we did watch a movie. It's somewhat related. It was Whiskey Tingle Foxtrot. It's got Tina oh, yeah. Fey in it. And it also has uh, Bilbo Baggins and Harley Quinn all starring. It's not a straight-up comedy, per se. I mean, the general idea of it, Tina Fey goes out to Afghanistan to be a uh, embedded reporter. And it documents her time spent there. And there's definitely funny moments, but there were some rough moments. And it was a little bit of, you know, this shit's happening and time just keeps moving on. And at some point in time, people lose, get numb to it, lose interest, and it just keeps going forward. But yeah, Whiskey Tingle Foxtrot, Tina Fey. It's good. Go see it. It's on Hulu. We watched it on Hulu. I once admitted to my wife that my uh, my celebrity crush was Tina Fey, and she goes, I can't compete with that. I'm like, you're much prettier than Tina Fey. She goes, yes, but I'm not nearly as smart or funny. And I was like, no, I think you are. But that was, she was actually like, I you're thought like I was being really smart and funny. Yeah. She is. And I thought, you know, admitting that, I mean, and truly is, I, I do have a celebrity crush on Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. I thought that she would not feel like uh, threatened at all by that. And it was kind of like, oh, well, surprised a little bit. Okay, uh, can we just back up for a second? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Here, your wife is not pretty. Your wife is fucking hot. <laughs> yes, that's also true. Like, like let, let's not kid ourselves. Like, let, like, let's not kid ourselves. Brian, you reached for the stars, and buddy, you you did it. The funny thing <laughs> is, that she chased after me. Like, I. The, the lucky thing about it was I was way too dumb to know that she was hitting on me. Otherwise, I probably would have fucked it up. Uh, so, you lucky bastard. So, uh, yeah. So, and Brian, this is not a diss to you, but um, yeah. a lot of my friends, like a year ago when I when I went out for your wedding, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you know, do you have a picture of anything? And I was like, oh, no. But I was like, oh, I forgot that I'd saved that picture that your mom had taken of you guys when you were all getting pictures done. Whereas the uh-huh. two of you in the middle and then um, your sister and her husband and all their kids. Uh-huh. With you, and yeah. so I was like, I was like, okay, so I zoom in, like, so this is my friend Brian. He's a pretty uh-huh. good-looking guy. He's uh-huh. cool, normal, you know, funny. Yeah. And, and this is his, this is his very cute sister with all their kids. And mm-hmm. and then like I like swipe over and zoom in. I'm like, and this is her super hot husband, who's like a lawyer, uh-huh. like awesome. And, like, uh-huh. and then this is my friend's wife, and they're like, holy shit, what? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, and those are her real boobs. Like, that is her in that dress. That is just phenomenal. She's. I'm gonna. Have to, I mean, when I'm editing this episode, I'm gonna make sure she's around to hear this. So, all cute. So, so like, seriously, and and for all of you listeners out there, so I was kind of so when um we became so Jess and I became friends on Facebook, um you know a while after you guys started dating or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I'd seen pictures, I was like, oh, she's, like, pretty. She's, like, really pretty. And so mm-hmm. then meeting her in real life, you're like, oh, fuck, no, she's not just pretty. She's, like, super hot. <laughs> and then, like, talking to her, she's also just so cool. And you're like, god mm-hmm. damn it. I know. <laughs> she's, she's, she's really awesome. So, and anyway, I'm very, very glad that, that you and she got together because she's also, you guys are just so freaking cute together. We try. We, we try um, a lot. But anyway, sorry. Obviously, I've had way too many shots. <laughs> I'm feeling feelings, kids. Um, anyway, all right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to save that for just to listen to. Uh, I think we'll just send that to her as like, a, hey, in case you ever need to pick me up, and I'll just send her that little audio clip. But like for real kids, she's like really hot. <laughs> now, here's the question. I'm almost feeling like I should be concerned that she might turn you. <laughs> no, no, still not gonna happen. Not that hot. No, okay. no. I mean, I, again, I, I'm a customer. I appreciate, yeah. you know, the, the the figure and the, you mm-hmm. know, very beautiful women. But no, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I mean, I, I was gonna see if she pushed that line. I was just no, curious. No, vaginas are no, thank you. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're very awesome. They give birth to our future generations, but no thank you. Then I think, uh, <laughs> just for my, uh, my, my final review, um, I was in, if you happen to be, this is on a very specific one, but if you happen to be in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, or nearby, and, or happen to be traveling through Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, there is a, uh, restaurant slash bar called the Second Story Liquor Bar, which, while I was in Scottsdale, was the best combination of food and drinks that I ran into while I was out there. I'd been to a couple of the places that either had good restaurants or good drinks, but not a lot that had both. Uh, and they, they had really great, tasty stuff uh, on both categories. So if you happen to be in Scottsdale and you're wondering where to go have food and a drink, that would be my recommendation. Does anybody else have any final thoughts before we go on to talk about next week's episode? Raspberries! Raspberries! <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do this again. Uh, well, cool. So the next week we are still continuing on with our uh, quest to read every Brian K. Vaughn book known to man. Just kidding. Um, and we are reading Paper Girls, which the simplest way I can describe it is it's sort of like um, the beginning of Stranger Things, but with uh, three girls who are on their paper routes on uh, Halloween and uh, something strange is afoot. Um, and that's, uh, that's the simplest way I can uh, describe it without uh, getting too spoilerific. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome back anytime you would like. So cool. Well, then I think that'll do it for us. Uh, until next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.